1: 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A.
0: On Oilers Radio. 630 Ched.
2: In Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. John Shannon coming up later on this hour. So is Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer. Some thoughts from him on uh, the 4-2-0-1 start to the season. They're doing good, but... I mean, the standards for them this year are basically Memorial cup or bust. So we'll see what he thinks about the group that he's gotten the start that they are off to. You want to keep in touch with us. You can do so on the Ashley fine floors, text line, get the new floors. You've always wanted with Ashley fine floors, 143rd street, 111th Avenue open Monday to Saturday. We're on Twitter as well. The show at Oilers. Now Bob is at Bob underscore uh, probably landing in Phoenix about an hour and a half from now. And, and uh, myself, of course, at Brendan Escott. That is Brendan with two E's. Escott with two T's. Cody is uh, at Janner31 underscore. As we go off to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, the River Cree Resort Casino excitement, bet on it. It's David Staples, provincial affairs columnist and cult of hockey writer at the Edmonton Journal. How's it going today, David?
1: Uh, great, Brendan. Great day for hockey. I was already out skating earlier this morning, so...
2: Really? Where at? Must have been indoors.
1: <laughs> just yeah, we just go to. There's public skating throughout Edmonton early in the morning, and if you get up, if you're willing to get up, uh, all kinds of rinks have it. So right on. We uh, I go two or three times
2: a week. That's excellent. Great little way to uh, to get some air in the lungs and you know there get the blood flowing and uh, the feeling in this city right now is probably unlike anything that i've experienced since the playoffs of course and you know you're in the you're in the media room after and there's 300 fans literally you know, around 300 fans pounding on the glass and cheering and chanting and that sort of thing and and um, it's just a different vibe around the city because of the record of this team right now. We're so early in the season, but they've looked good. The stars are performing, the depth is performing. And I think that there's a lot of reason for excitement. Are you sort of getting a similar sense about maybe this finally being a year where the team legitimately turns a page?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, Uh, You know, I think they can win the Stanley Cup this year. I've already said that. So that's my uh, bold prediction of the year. I'm I'm in the Brian Lawton camp on that one. So, yeah, so I'm very optimistic, obviously, uh, if I'm thinking that. But... There's reasons for it. You know, it's it's been an interesting start. It's it's almost like Back to the Future. This this reminds me a lot of the '80s um, because the Oilers in the '80s. You know, as my colleague cult, cult, cult of hockey colleague Bruce McCurdy often says, in the '80s, an interesting dynamic. They would often get outshot in games, but they would still win the games, and um, they did that by uh, just having much higher execution on their chances. So I you know if you look at grade A shots on that, the Oilers have been um ha- have had fewer grade A shots in two of the three games uh Calgary I think and uh no, excuse me Vancouver and Anaheim both had slightly more uh grade A shots or it might have been Calgary I'd have to check again. But anyway, two of the three mm-hmm. games they've been they've had fewer grade A ch- shots. But uh they've had the goaltending which was a hallmark of the 80s. They've had really great goaltending. And um, they've had incredible execution on the chances that they have. They're just deadly. When they get a chance, they finish it. And that was the mark of that 1980s team. So um, that's can you continue that? Can that be sustained? Well, it was sustained in the 1980s. You know, you, you can get outshot, but if you have these, People who are incredible finishers, uh, uh, scoring goals, you'll win, and that's what the Oilers have. The other thing that's interesting is, I mean, I think that um, I would say that there's a general consensus, and this is a, maybe a bit of a reach that Cody, CeCe and Duncan Keith have kind of have done okay. Like you know, there was a lot of trepidation and negativity around uh, those the signing and the trade, the signing of CeCe, the trade for Keith. But um, they've looked good to me. Certainly, I've I've been—you know—they haven't been perfect hockey players. Defensemen make mistakes. They make mistakes on goals against. But they've looked good. They've made—they've really moved the puck well, and they've defended okay. So, so that you know, that's worked out there's some trepidation obviously about Tyson Berry and the defensive woes that he's having but Evan Bouchard on the other hand is just people's got their spirits soaring because he's i mean he's, he's, sometimes he looks like Justin Schultz out there but other times he looks like Sergei Zubov so he's going to probably fall <laughs> somewhere in between those two players and i and i mean that like it is kind of a, an exaggerated thing to say someone looks like Sergei Zubov and i understand that it's in his best moments that he looks like that and, and why i say that is just the the incredible passing, which Bouchard's always had, an offensive play, offensive acumen, which were all marks of Zubov's game. But Zubov's game was really marked by exceptional skating. And the, the surprising thing about Bouchard is his skating. How how much he's improved uh, since he was a major junior player when he was a really good skater. But you know he 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 doesn't look languid out there anymore or slow. He looks he looks really smooth and really good uh, with the skating. So. Brendan, yeah, so it's it's a it's been uh there's been lots of positives. Mm-hmm. And then you have the third line, right? How long have we been waiting for a third line oh, to come my together?
2: Goodness. Like your quintessential third line as we know how one could or should operate, right? Like you've got the two guys that go in there and pull the pucks out of the corner. They have enough offensive skill to actually put the puck in the net when they do get it centered. And I think Derek Ryan touches so many parts of the hockey game and what we've seen these first three games that for a thirty four four year old guy. I just didn't expect to see him prove to be that glue piece between Cassian and Fogel the way he has, but haven't they been great? He, he is such a smart hockey
1: player. That's what that's what I noticed with with Derek Ryan. Like there's a play where he won a face off last night and then he went directly to the net, right? Like just the textbook play. But sometimes they don't do that. He does it he does just the smart play every single time. And and I have to say like if there's one position where I have been Really unhappy with the Oilers for at least a decade. The, you know the third, fourth line center thing. There's hardly been a third or fourth line center on the Oilers who I've been able to, you know, stand over time. Like they, they all start to leak major scoring chances against. Like Eric Belanger, uh even Boyd Gordon here was really underwhelming. Kyle Turris last year, just his game fell apart, mm-hmm. fell apart. Latessie was good for a year, and then his game fell apart. Just one after Jared Smithson, one after another. We've had. Uh, bottom line third line centers you know come in and not get the job done finally, to have one I mean what a breath of fresh air that is, and he 's doing it with speed with smarts, and two wingers, two big, tough, and nasty wingers i mean cassian's elevated his game uh, again, where he 's looking like he might be worth his contract it 's just a couple games it's it's premature to to say that, but he's he 's getting paid a lot of money. But he's back to that really nasty physical player who can make some plays, and Fogel is—I I, I, mean—who, who, what can you—who doesn't like his game right now? he's yeah. he's just really tough. He gets the puck, he and he barges to the net, he fights for it, he wins it, and he gets to the net. And they're both playing okay defensively. So that's what you want in a third line, and even the fourth line last night, I thought you know had flashes. tourists that was the first game like completely honest here i really didn't like tourists game last year there was all kinds of defensive lapses he's much better off on the wing that was the first game last night when i was watching Touris. i thought oh i like this player he's (laughs) he's making plays he can he's helping this team he can help this team in a way i hadn't thought that before so Devin shore um you know there's a lot of criticism again of his signing in the summer but i he looked good in flashes last night as well so they might even have a fourth line we'll see
2: and the depth, and, and again, we've talked sort of ad nauseum about the quality of players that are making up this depth, but no longer are you reaching into the back of somebody else's cupboard and pulling out the last remaining thing to try and plug into your starting lineup. You've got former first-rounders, second-rounders that are coming here and with the goal of winning in mind. So, you know, this team, obviously, as we've mentioned, it's, it's almost like there's a winning culture sort of percolating as, as this team has been assembled the way that it has, and now the results are starting to come out on the ice you've got many different contributing factors the only thing you know really up in the air for me right now after last night I guess is whether you know this is our first snippet is what happens if there is an injury goaltending wise Stuart Skinner looked great in the preseason but I don't think you can pull him away from Bakersfield I think that he you know obviously needs as many touches down there as possible so my question to you David if you can put a number on it is how long would Smith have to be out, theoretically, to force some sort of move by Ken Holland, do you think?
1: Well, I I would put it in how many losses how many losses if they 're winning brendan then they they will they 'll go with Costkin, and I could see them bringing up Stuart Skinner. i mean um even if that's it 's all about winning at the n h l level and if he can help this team win he 'll be here um they could find they can, they can play Konnivallov and Rodrigue down there, and even if he only played every fourth or fifth game here in edmonton um I, he he looks strong enough and his game looks solid enough where he looks like he could be a, a decent NHL backup. That's what the preseason proved with Stuart Skinner. He's earned it, and I'll tell you what he would love, I'm sure. I have just zero doubt about this. I can't read his mind, but that he wants to be here, even if he only plays now and then. Um, so I could see them, you know, if Koskinen can get it done, uh, and Skinner can, if, if they don't pile up the losses, that, that wouldn't keep Ken Holland from having to spend to spend expensive draft picks and trade value maybe salary cap on um on another goalie. I mean there's down the road if if Smith doesn't get healthy if he's not getting healthy then then you'd have to look at it but Smith has been tremendous this year. And um we'll see with Koskinen. I mean, he he was really good 2 years ago. He had a great safe a good save percentage, I should say. And if he can if he can come up big and get on a streak here and keep the team in it if they if they win at least you know, they're off to a 3 and 0 start. Let's say he can, you know, until Smith comes back and maybe he'll be back really soon and we don't know this, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's if they could just, you know, win every second game for a week, you know, that's acceptable and uh, get through this period and uh then they don't have to make a trade cuz i don't think you want to make a trade you want to wait till later on when the salary cap issues aren't as big, closer to the trade deadline, and you know exactly what you need for your team to make a playoff run before you make that kind of move. So I think Holland might be restrained right now.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And frankly, I think that they've got enough going for them right now even to be able to outscore maybe some of those losses that were chalked up to a tired goalie when when Koskinen was, um, you know, had to do that giant stretch at the beginning of, of last season. But you talk about Mike Smith, and we all know what he is to this team on the ice. Does it seem like maybe some of the rest of the leadership group of this team, as they've gotten a year older now, have adopted some sort of that identity that Smith brings to the team? And I, I say this because it's been quite humorous in the media circle after the, after the game listening to just how comfortable and, and there's like a swagger with a guy like Drysidle now. They're, they're having fun with it. And I didn't see a lot of fun here until uh, Smith and, and James Neal kind of came in and, and maybe changed that narrative a little bit. Of course winning here is everything, but in your mind, have they adopted a little bit of Mike Smith's swagger too? You know, you
1: I I just you know, I'm not close to the team like you are, so you would see these things, pick up things at the press conferences that I would have no idea about. But just from their play on the ice, I mean i Smith is such a charismatic player, such a fiery player. Uh stands up for himself, stands up for other players, you know, got in the goalie fight. Uh, he's my favorite player on the orders. He's just he's like, you know, as long as he's stopping those pucks, there's just everything else about him is so compelling. The way he passes the puck, the way he fights for position, the way he battles, the way he looks, you know, he's this, he's uh, this six foot five guy who looks like Daryl from the walking dead <laughs> and, uh, he's just this, he's this larger than life hockey player. And defying time, you know, like he he had the best season ever, arguably, for a 38-year-old goalie. And here he's coming out strong again. And everyone, you know, all these pundits counted him out at the start of the season. The big problem on the Oilers is goaltending. And he comes out and and lays it down, you know, some great games. So what a compelling figure. And it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't have that impact on his teammates. With McDavid and Dreisaitl, they've been in, this is uh, McDavid's, what, seventh year, Dreisaitl's eighth.
2: Which is hard to believe. Considering They're how young bigger. they are,
1: they look like a, a couple years ago. McDavid looked like he was like he was he was playing. Look, like the NHL is a man's league; it's full of tough guys, and he looked like he was at home in the man's league. Finally, like he was he was he was one of them, right? He, now he looks like the man. Frankly, like he looks like in his head, he's ready just to kick butt out there. And um, same same with Drysaddle. There is just total. Confidence and swagger, like, we dom- we own this league. This is our league, and we're going to show it every single play, every single night, uh, at least on the attack. There's been a few defensive woes. But uh, <laughs> these guys just look so, so mm-hmm. full of confidence, and more than confidence, just like, you know,
2: ownership. Like, everyone else down because we're playing the game right now. Now that's easy to do at home and especially when you've got two wins in your pocket and you're heading into say last night's game for example but they're about to head out onto the road and no Arizona will not be all that stiff of a test on paper. But, you know, teams, it's a different game on the road. And I know oftentimes Dave Tippett has tried to get his team to simplify things on the road. And and maybe this will be our first opportunity. I'll get your thoughts on this, by the way. Um, Because we've seen McDavid and Drysidle together for the first three games, and that took some people by surprise, do you think that there's a chance that we see them go to a different look with Tippett's inability to match lines with the last change on the road?
1: Well, the coach seems to like McDavid and Drysdale together, and I'm not in the same camp. I don't think they're really good defensively together. I think that um, they tend to focus a lot on the attack when they're together and the, their defensive play slips. I think they're both stronger when they're centering their own lines defensively. And I think significantly stronger. So if he does switch, I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I'll also be glad because I think it's the right move for the Oilers come the playoffs when things get tight. They're just gonna need that push from these two great players leading their own lines. And there's abundance of wingers right now to try with these uh, two great players, these two great centers. And, um, yeah, so, so I'm hoping he does. Um, but the coach really does seem to like putting them together. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh really like playing together. But I think for the team, is I, I personally believe the team is better when they're apart, uh, and it will be best for the team in terms of the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, that they learn to play apart and they develop chemistry with, um, with, with other players than, than just the two of them together.
2: For now, it's awfully fun to watch their passing five-on-five uh, even and the way that they've been able to just work it around, the 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 progression that continues to happen with the best players in the world that we get to see on a nightly basis is it's stunning. You sit there and you wonder what they're going to do better next season, and then they do, and it just looks like a totally different game. But you know, it's them that look like that, and then it's also Nugent Hopkins putting that floating pass right on Cassian's stick, and Cassian making no mistake about that one timer to uh, to tie that game up at one last night. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like everybody has taken a step and and you got to attribute that I think to just the good vibes that are going around this this team right now and and sort of seeing what happens when you really bear down and how successful this team can be yeah and yet yeah,
1: we d- haven't even talked about the power play yeah and and we may not have seen the best of the power play. I mean, how would you like this, Brendan? You have either McDavid or Nuge getting the puck high in the offensive zone and wheeling in, maybe wheeling in together. And then on on either side of McDavid or Nuge with the puck, you have Seidel, and then on the other side, Evan Bouchard. And they both have one-timer shots that can take a goalie's head off and almost did last night. You know, I call Dreisaitl's shot the executioner's shot. He's got this scythe of a hockey stick, and he just lashes it at the goalie. But just think if you had Evan Bouchard on the other side uh, ready to, to unleash that shot. It's, it's, it's as good as the power play is, we may not have seen the best of it. And uh, that's kind of an awesome and exciting thought.
2: David, appreciate your time. Uh, we'll make sure to connect next week with you, all right? great to talk to you Brendan. All right, likewise. That's David Staples from uh Edmonton Journal Provincial Affairs columnist as well as cult of hockey writer. It is 123 in Edmonton. Take a break, come down da- uh come back with the James H Brown injury report. Cody Jansen will have that. Minor tweak for Mike Smith. He said it was something he just didn't want to uh make any worse or exacerbate, I suppose. So Left the game early last night. Miko Koskinen turning aside 20 of 21 shots in relief. I don't know whether Mike Smith traveled with the team to Seattle. I assume that he did, but I don't know that for sure. So we'll get that certain uh, answer from Bob Stoffer tomorrow when he returns to host this show. Right now, we'll get you caught up in the injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Let's snap it around the league a little bit.
0: New Jersey, they're going to be without Jack Hughes. He's day-to-day after taking a hit from Jeremy Lozan in Tampa. This is a big one. I saw social media had a stir. Nikita Kucherov, he's got a groin injury back on IR. He did miss the entire regular season last year before coming back for playoffs. And with the two teams they're going to face next, uh, Alex Pacioretty and Mark Stone, they're both out indefinitely in Vegas. And for Arizona, just Alex Kalinchenyuk, upper body injury there. He's week-to-week.
2: If Julian Brisebois finds a way to trade for Jack Eichel, I'm going to flip a table.
0: That's what we were talking about before. (laughs) I want it to happen. I just want, I root for chaos in a certain sense, and that would be hilarious.
2: As, As long as it's in the Eastern Conference kind of chaos, leave it there. That's, that's, that's something else. It didn't look like all that serious of a play, but you know, soft tissue injuries and especially hips and groins when you're talking about skating makes all the difference. And that's something that we really don't give enough credit to was Yes, Apolyarvi getting his hips fixed.
0: And in all serious, I mean, we do hope Kucherov is, you know, it's nothing Absolutely. serious here or anything. But, yeah, hips, you know, groin, things like that, even a Mike Smith tweak, right? He knows his body better than anyone. So if he's going, hey, Tip, I'm not feeling right, yeah. right now, get me out of the game.
2: In game three, by the way, this isn't game 48 game three, you, you just, you listen and you let them have it. Hey, you already know that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but did you know that Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin are 10 time President Award winners for customer satisfaction? Well, what does that mean? It means treating people fairly, fully transparent negotiations, and making sure that advertised prices include all accessories, fees, and taxes with the exception of GST. If those attributes are important to you, phone our friends Uncle Milt, Rich, John and the gang at uh, Brent Ridge Ford, 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. John Shannon coming up for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling. We'll also uh, get a temperature read on the... Oil Kings, the Edmonton Oil Kings, who are now fourth in the CHL rankings as of this morning. The uh, top CHL top twenty CHL teams get released every Wednesday morning, and uh, the Oil Kings have slipped from first in the preseason rankings to now fourth. And uh, we will we will venture to find out exactly you know how things have gone in this opening stretch for Brad Lauer, who we mentioned off the top of the show has been missing some of his heaviest guns.
0: Okay, I'm going back to juniors, though. Did you uh, mention Cale Ashcroft yet? He's on the NHL Power Rankings, or, uh, you know, uh,
2: Rookie Rankings. That's right. Sherwood Park Draft Crusaders rankings. defenseman Cale Ashcroft given a C grade, so that's usually, I think, fourth or fifth round, or fifth or sixth round rankings. Uh, four total Alberta Junior Hockey League players making that uh, North American Central Scouting list. They'll do a mid-season ranking and then a final report a little later on. But good for Kale. I know that's obviously the team that I've been working with for the last few years out in Sherwood Park. Cale is off to the University of Denver Pioneers. He committed there as a 16-year-old, but he's been out for uh, quite a big chunk of this season, so they're looking forward to getting him back in the lineup. We're looking forward to hearing from our NHL insider, John Shannon, when we come back after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.